Sabah Karim is with me, an uh, illustrious career, both as a cricketer, wicketkeeper for India, and his days in Ranji and domestic cricket, and of course, uh, as an administrator. Wonderful to see you. I hope both the vaccines have been done and the family and you are safe and healthy. Yes, Rishi. Thank you so much. Yes, all well. Double dose done. I hope um, we can take it forward now without any, without any issues, and I hope that all of us are safe. And we remain safe. That's more important. True that. Let's start with the Ashes. I mean, this is a contest that we've been looking forward to. Good old Test cricket and what can be bigger than the urn and the face-off uh, to get it. Australia have been looking for that cracker of an opening combo. Right now, it looks as though it's going to be Harris and Warner. Your comments on that? Yes, well, the Australian selectors had, little, had very little option now. So they would like to go with David Warner at the top because the kind of form which he has shown recently. Um, and all, along with him, two partner Marcus Harris... Uh, um, who has done quite well in the recent past um, in for in uh, Australia in the domestic cricket. The other option would be to play Usman Khaja up the order, but I don't think um, you know that would be an order from from Australia's uh, selected selection committee. Uh, if they have to bring in, maybe they'll bring in Usman Khaja down the order as a middle order batter. Uh, number three, number four is is in any case fixed. That's the kind of combination I feel Australia will uh, will will head into for the Ashes. Sabah, but then that brings the conundrum as to who should play at number. Number five, you said Usman Khaja. I agree with you, but there's also Travis Head. So Australia have two options for that number five slot. Would you say Khaja is a better option than Travis Head? Well, it has to be between Travis Head and, and Usman Khaja, Rishi. But I think the Australian selectors they may wait to announce the eleven after the um, the Australia A game uh, takes place. So I think they'll they'll wait for that. Now with this uh, absence of Tim Payne, in any case, they have to include one more player in the in the mix. But I think um, that's the way um, the Australian system works. Works, they obviously wait to decide on the 11. So, um, but I think um, I would not like to um, see too many changes in terms of the batting lineup. If the Australian selectors and the new captain feels that uh, Travis Head, because he has done well in the past as a middle order batter, uh, and if he has um, continued to do, to do well in the domestic cricket, then I think um, uh, Travis Head should get a look in ahead of Usman Khaja. I think Usman Khaja has done well as an opener uh, in the domestic circuit. So I think if if uh, going ahead in case Travis, in case Marcus Harris doesn't do well, then there is a strong possibility of Usman Khaja getting to the eleven as an opener to partner David Warner. Let's come to the Tim Payne issue. Uh, I don't want to indulge in yellow journalism and talk about the message that he sent out and things like that. That is over and done with. But the handling of the issue. Now the Tasmania Cricket Board clearly says that the ACB has done the same to Bill Laurie in the past many years ago. It's now. Official as of today morning, that Payne says he won't play at all. So one thing is stepping down as captain, but he's also not going to keep wickets, not going to be in the team. So I want you to comment on the issue, uh, the ACB's handling of it. And as a corollary to that, uh, a new big question arises, who's going to keep wickets? Would you say Josh Inglis or Alex Carey? Who would you pick and why? I'll go ahead with uh, Josh Inglis. First up, let's talk about the wicket-keeping slot that has been created with the absence of Tim Payne. Josh Inglis um, looks to be an exciting player. Is uh, is um, is a stroke maker. So I think at number seven, Australia would prefer to get in a batter, a wicketkeeper batter who can score some quick runs for them. If you look at um, at, at the grades of uh, of Australian cricket as wicketkeeper batsmen, they prefer um, you know wicketkeepers um, you know who can score briskly at that level, and and also someone who's uh, who's good against the second new ball. That's the kind of slot they look at. So I think. Um, um, on these account, um, Josh Inglis uh, should get the go-ahead. Ricky Ponting rates him very highly. I've also seen some video footage of Josh Inglis. So he looks to be an exciting prospect. And if you need to build um, a team for the future, then I think um, Josh Inglis 
should get the should get a look in getting back to tim payne controversy um, cricket asmania has um, has come up with some has come up with some very strong words against cricket australia because they felt that cricket australia did not back uh, tim payne on expected lines so they were talking about you know creating a kind of environment which allows tim payne to take some take him take some wise decisions and i think all of a sudden now tim payne has decided that he would not like to be part of the ashes because i think a couple of days ago he said although he has stepped down from captaincy he would like to contribute and i think it is quite, quite it, it this is an individual decision from tim payne rishi and i think he has taken it in the interest of the australian side he does not want this to hang um, in the dressing room which may affect the performance of the players so i think it is a very brave decision but i'm sure well thought out decision by tim payne uh, i don't know what kind of um, communication takes place between um, the state level cricketers or, or or the state association and uh, cricket australia so for us to comment on that may not be so wise but having said that i'm sure that this could have been handled in a much, in a much better way i really don't know what transpired four years four years ago when 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 all this came out and um, to what extent um, uh, um there was there was any uh, any scrutiny or not to what extent did they have a fact finding committee to find out what really had, what really transpired so one is not aware of that um but yeah i think australian cricket would now like to move forward well you know you're right it would be incorrect to comment because i mean there are many times that state associations here in india have uh, you know some kind of a fracas uh, with the bcci and obviously you don't want outside interference and people conjecturing uh, let's come to to cummins as captain he's very keen and he's been saying that even before the captaincy was announced that if i am to lead australia i need steve smith as my vice captain so it's almost as though you get you know it's a combined deal and what will cummins bring to the table there's a lot of excitement in australia he's a very well liked character cummins there's no doubt about that but given steve smith's history and everything that's happened in his life no less controversial uh, than what happened with tim payne him coming back as vice captain i'd like you to comment on those factors it means that uh, pat cummins um, highly regards steve smith leadership qualities and the kind of inputs that he offers to the side and uh, one should not forget that steve smith is a remarkable test cricketer as a test batter his uh, his record speaks for himself and i think um, with by assuming the vice captaincy pat cummins believes that it will really inspire steve smith to give his best Uh, and i also feel some years ago when steve smith was the captain pat cummins prospered as a player as a as a bowler and pat cummins knows um, you know the the kind of quality which steve smith had uh, which smith steve smith showed when he was the captain so i think that kind of communication is very important for the growth of the side uh, and if you look around in the australian setup i don't think there is any other candidate um, who would have stepped in uh, as as vice captain um the only person i can think of is uh, is is the number 3 batter labushan but um, now I, one one doesn't expect um, uh, labushan to step in ahead of uh, of steve smith so i feel this is the right kind of combination i think pat cummins um, really believes that this kind of combination will help australian team team to win this ashes against uh, against england yeah so i think it's it's it, it all um, boils down to um, uh, to the kind of uh, communication you can have with your vice captain the kind of inputs and the captain the vice captain is offering you Ben Stokes has returned Sabah there's uh, so much excitement around it the cricket world is excited England of course are highly anticipating some kind of of gale storm coming <laughs> Australia's way your thoughts yeah. on this very fine cricketer who we've missed actually yes and we saw what happened in the India England series uh, the English batting lineup they really struggled without uh, Ben Stokes because him coming in at number 5 or number 4 at times it really adds muscle to English batting lineup 
and if you notice the english uh, middle order um, apart from joe root um, the others have shown so much of fragility and that is uh, not very uh, comfortable for um, for the english camp so i think with ben stokes coming in at least they have um, three sort slots filled up there in the middle order so we have uh, joe root coming in at number 3 on on number 4 then you have ben stokes and you have josh butler and then they can move around uh, the other um, you know newcomers it may be uh, zack crawley it may be dan lawrence that's the kind of um, setup they will have but yeah when ben stokes getting back in the english side is a great news for england not only for england but i think even uh, to add to the excitement of this ashes series you think he'll he'll start firing from the word go because not having not being match ready is a totally different cup of tea but i think he'll have enough time to prepare uh, rishi and I, you do expect such great cricketers um, to come good when when it really matters and i think ben stokes uh, regards this ashes series um, as the pinnacle of uh, of glory so to speak and he would like to perform at this level again and we have and he has done that in the past so he relishes this kind of challenge especially against um, an opponent like australia Nathan Lyon is not as charismatic as Shane Warne so he doesn't get that kind of attention but he's quietly really you know proved himself at the cusp of 400 wickets what a player I'd like you to comment on Nathan Lyon as we go into the ashes well, most of the time when australia plays um, either in either at home or away uh, from from home if you leave aside um, the south asian countries uh, nathan lyon happens to be the lone spinner and the kind of responsibility which he has shouldered over the past several years i was a top wicket taker for australia and i think one of the leading wicket takers at the international level um, so australia bank heavily on uh, nathan lyon and he has his uncanny ability to do well in different conditions because such a smart bowler is so intelligent in his variations in the kind of angles he creates and the kind of doubts he creates in the batter's mind um so he is, remains a very influential figure in the australian um, setup and australian think tank and i'm looking at the english um, batting lineup so you have ben stokes as a left-hander you have rory burns as a left-hander so there are two three um, left-handers in the side and nathan L- nathan lyon is uh, equally good against left-hand batters as well as against right-handers because uh, you know of this of the kind of uh, smartness and the kind of intelligence which he has in his uh, in his in his bowling repertoire There's an interesting uh, twist in the tale. Troy Cooley. Uh, that's a dramatic change in script. Troy Cooley is back as England's bowling coach. Now, this is the man who built Harmison, Hogarth, Jones, Flintoff to beat Australia in 2005. Your comments on Troy and how much uh, he will play as a factor. I thought he's coming to join uh, BCCI as head of the National Cricket Academy as a, as a bowling coach. I don't really don't know what has happened now. But I think at that level, it's more about um, trying to... Um, to regain the art of uh, picking wickets because the conditions are different and the length that you have to um, adapt is so different and i think it changes from venue to venue troy cooley um, brings in so much of experience to this english um, setup and i think more so because at that level you need um, a bowling coach who can help the even the experienced pace bowlers to find the right length in australia and i think the length in australia changes from venue to venue So I think having someone like Troy Cooley would really help the English pace bowlers to find the right rhythm and the right length very quickly. And finding the right length is not is not easy. At times we have seen experienced pace bowlers struggle to find the right kind of length in different conditions. And I think there's a Otis Gibson, the the England bowling coach, some years ago. Whenever the English team would travel uh, before the match would would begin, um, he would go and, and and measure the entire pitch and then come back and tell the pace bowlers that this is the length you have to bowl. He was so precise, and I think it helped not only the English pace bowlers, but I think at time when he was with the south african bowling side when he was with the south african team it helped them them as well so i think that's the kind of expertise you need from a pace bowling coach and i feel that troy coley um, uh, is in a good position 
to offer the english pace bowler something like this you you were also saying something about zahir khan something about zack yes zack i remember so well i think um, you know he, when zack went and played one or two season of county cricket in england uh, then he, he emerged a much better bowler than than what he was before and that is why there was longevity in his career and i think after that when zahir toured the uh, toured england uh, he was a premier bowler um, uh, for for india so i think what i want to stress in the point that even for an experienced pace bowler like zahir, like zahir khan to find the right Length to bowl in English conditions was not so easy, and he was able to do so only after having at least one season of county cricket behind him. Through that, Hasib Hamid just hit a fifty in a warm-up game. Your thoughts on Hamid? Yeah, an exciting prospect, but he really needs to work hard on his technique and also on his temperament. Rishi, to be very honest, I was quite impressed when he had toured India, but after that, he uh, fell away to a large extent. Good to see him come back, which means that that he has put in tons of hard work, has got some runs at the county circuit. That is why the the English selectors have brought him back. The way he batted against uh, India uh, in the recently concluded home series. was not so noteworthy i would have expected him to get some big scores um so he seems a little bit frail to me in terms of his technique and i think the australian pace bowlers are past masters exploiting um, that kind of an error if it has crept in your in your technique so i think he really has to bolster his um, um his uh, batting skills against pace bowlers especially on the on that on that extra bounce which uh, the australian wickets offer to the pace bowlers sabha shane won thinks very highly of matt parkinson england have no risk spinner in their 17 what do you think there could be a possible call up <sighs> I do have my doubts because um, they are uh, banking on uh, Jack Leach and Moin Ali to uh, produce um, good results in Australia but I think that's been a failure on this on part of the selectors even when they traveled to um, to India they had Dom Bess and Jack Leach and you know what happened to the English uh, spinners uh, so I think um, even on Australia you need to um, cultivate spinners uh, who can do well for you in different conditions and I don't think the the English selectors or the English setup have been able to uh, decode that um so it may be, it may be tough um, for the spinners even in australia but yes a wrist spinner is always handy so one really uh, can't um, can't comment on that but yes whatever i'll notice of matt parkinson um he seems to be a very good prospect a good leggy um whom uh, england can really invest in just a solitary question on in india more on rahul dravid actually at uh, what do you what do you expect out of this tenure most importantly will we travel well abroad one thing we did well under ravi shastri was we traveled very well talk about rahul and what this new era shall bring according to you well rahul dravid brings in a bundle of goodness um, it's his maturity it's his humility and the kind of experience he has gained over the past several years being with the india a side under 19 side all that will come in handy uh, for the current indian team and most of the players have kind of grown under him he knows the temperament he knows how to communicate with them and i think that will be uh, the quality which uh, rahul dravid will bring to the table for for team india and i feel that um, the team india members are kind kind of blessed to have rahul dravid in the mix Uh, see the best part about rahul is um, he never imposes himself that he is been such a fabulous cricketer he's a, he's kind of a legend he comes down to their level and then he speaks with them and i think that's a rare quality to have um so i think there is so much in store for rahul dravid uh, not only in terms of doing well in test cricket abroad but also preparing for the world cup t20 plus the world cup the one day world cup coming up in 2023 so there are huge challenges ahead of him uh, so he needs to build that kind of a structure and have um, have a communication with the with the indian selectors so that they're able to pick the right resources um, that will be suitable for india and all the, all these three formats i'd like youngsters to know about your two defining innings i remember that 55 against south africa in 19 
1996 day-night encounter, great bowling attack, Klusner, Donald, Sean, uh, you know, Sean Pollock, uh, and here were you steadfast in your 55. There's a 234 against Orissa in 1990-91, which yeah. even I'd like to know more about. So just the, the 234 and the 55, please. So first up, 234, that was, uh, that was quite, uh, it was good to get a double ton uh, because I would no normally bat at number five for Bihar, my home state. And that game was against Rissa. It was very important for us to, um, in those days, um, uh, two teams would qualify from E-Zone uh, to play in the knockouts of the Ranji Trophy. So this game was very important for us. So um, we had to take first inning lead against Orissa to qualify. And that is why, um, because um, of my contribution, we were able to post a big score. And then we were we were able to bundle out Orissa. Yeah, so I really enjoyed my stint there um, as, as a batter. And I think all these scores really helped me um, to gain limelight in front of the, the, the national selectors then. I think it was a process um, that, that helped me to grow as a player. Um, um, as a wicketkeeper batsman, and I, and then I get back to uh, my debut innings in 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 One Day International. That was South Africa. If I am correct, that was Doomfontein. Um, I learned that I am I'm I'm to play uh, the day of the the day of the One Day match. While we were um, training for the match, um, our head coach Madanal came up to me and he said, that, "Okay, you're playing." I really had no time to prepare, so that uh, came as a blessing in disguise because I went in with so much of clarity in my mind. And good that we fielded first, so I had some kind of uh, experience of international cricket. And then we were struggling when I went into bat. And I remember, I think Azhar was at the other end. So he gave me a lot of confidences. You know, you just bat the way you do. Don't worry about anything else. So that kind of freedom helped me um, to score that, um, that, that 50 in my first match. Although we lost that game. <laughs> Unfortunate, unfortunate. Yeah. Watch the first test of the Ashes Tour 2021 live on Sony 6 in English, Sony 10.3 in Hindi, Sony 10.4 in Tamil and Telugu. 5.30 a.m. Indian Standard Time onwards, 8 to 12th of December. Sayed Sabakarim is part of the Hindi commentary team, the panel for the upcoming Ashes Tour on Sony 10.3. And like I said, first test from the 8th. So my last question has got to be the commentary stint for, for Sony. Who are your co-commentators and uh, what can we expect? Oh, I'm, I look forward to um, spending some time in the comm box with uh, my good old friend Vivek Rasdan will be there. Raman, I'm sure you also know him quite well. Spend some time doing IPL commentary yes. together, Rishi. <laughs> yeah. uh, plus, uh, Ritinder Singh Sodi will be around. So it's good to exchange a lot of ideas. And I think it's while, while doing commentary, it's good to have diverse opinion and discuss all that. So it brings in a different kind of a picture altogether. So I really um, I'm excited about this, um, this Ashes stint coming up in Hindi. Thanks very much for your time and all the best. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks, Atan Rishi. You take care, man.